Swoosh Life Podcast. Season 3. Hello, hello, boys. What's up? We are back on a Wednesday. Uh, we're recording on a Monday, but we are back. This is a hype day. We are super excited. We have a huge, huge guest today, um, and I could not be more pumped. So, But we also have some huge news to get into. So this is episode 42, episode 3 of season 3. We'll put up the DeMar Hamlin 3s. Um, and also, little fun fact, boys. Did you know this? Did you know this? Here we go. Ready? 50 days till the Masters as you were listening to this on Wednesday. <laughs> 50 days until April 6th, which is the first round of the Masters. And I cannot be more excited. The sun is shining here in Syracuse today. We're back. We're back, gents. We're back. We don't get that many sunny days in Syracuse that much anymore. We sure don't. We sure don't. But yeah, Not only please. that, hell of a weekend, right? Like hell of a weekend. Great weekend for the swoosh. Scotty pulling off another W back-to-back. We're probably going to get into it a little bit more, but it's awesome. It's beautiful here in Connecticut, too. And this week, T-Dub week, I think we all got the itch even more now, seeing him tee it up this week. Matt, how are you feeling on Chicago? I hope it's a little sunny out there and a little bit warmer because I know you've been I- off on your weather tantrums a little bit lately. I put up. Uh, I put up the. For those of you that don't know, you're probably not in our group chats. I, I'm a little snarky in the winter time, and then today it's 45 degrees. I've got the grill getting going right now. Uh, gonna fire. Gonna be smoking something a little bit later. 45 degrees, getting the sun. I know. I put the Vince Carter. It's over meme up on the Instagram page. You know, seasonal depression is over because hey, we had the Super Bowl. We had the waste management. Oh, by the way, the Swoosh just happened to have their second win in a row, and that's two in a row back to back year to year for Scotty Shuffler. And on top of that, it's tiger week, the TW retro news before the weekend. And today on Nike.com, Jordan six's official images just dropped. Whew. And we got a crazy good guest today. So man, uh, buckle up everybody. This is going to be a, a hot and fast one, man. It's awesome. I would dare say that this might be our best episode ever. And this already take us 42. Maybe it took us 42 episodes to get there. I don't know. We've had some pretty good bangers, but uh, like, the Jackie Robinson episode? Why not? Let's go. Let's hit a home run. Let's knock it out of the park today. So um, very excited about everything. Yeah, sixes dropping on NDC is huge. Um, what we have seen on a couple of different things is the 24th, but that's only based off of Golf Galaxy and Golf Locker and some other stuff. So it could be a little bit earlier on NDC. We don't know. So stay tuned for that. And then other speculation is maybe around 15, 16 of the TW13 as well. Um, we are not sure on a release date on that. We will not actually put a date out on that. But just what we're seeing, what we're telling the, you know, what the universe may be telling us. So we're looking forward to that. Going to be a heck of a week. Um, guys, you know what else has happened this week? Not only is Tiger coming back, I think we're all wearing our like. I'm wearing my Tiger shirt on YouTube. If you guys can watch this, Keith's wearing his Tiger shirt with little Franks all over it. Uh, Matt's rocking the Melty composite shirt, right? New in, in, shirt in honor of Scotty, who was wearing TWs leading into TW week, who will be competing at Riviera. Yes, uh, we also get an inside look at the PGA Tour dropping Wednesday on Netflix. Full swing drops and actually if you guys were paying attention last night full swing episode one dropped already last night 
for those with the Michelob Ultra on the their QR code from the Super Bowl. And so I have not watched yet, as it is Monday afternoon that we're recording, maybe tonight. Uh, but episode one is live um, on a thing. So going to have to check that out. Super excited to see how that is. We've got Tony, Scotty, Rory in it, a bunch of the Nike guys. And then obviously we have debated a, a bunch on here, the PGA versus Live stuff. So uh, I'm a huge fan of the Drive to Survive from F1. Um, and it got me into F1. So I can only imagine what this is going to be like um, with a sport that I actually already follow, you know? So very excited about that. Yeah, little and little Tony Finau news that was a little bit related to the Live thing. Just saw a quote from him saying how he misses some of those guys being on tour and most notably Brooks. And I think that's the other shame of this thing is that we only get to see Brooks now for the 12 events that they do. Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard again, you know, so I can't wait to see, and especially our guy, Justin Whelan contributed some scenes to this evidently. So that's why I'm really excited to see, cause he always does an immaculate job. I mean, the guy only won like what 58 Emmys next last year, just in the last year, 58 Emmys. I think Justin, you feel free to jump on and correct me if I'm wrong on that stat, but actually I can give you a little bit of insight. Justin will be joining us uh, for our master's episode um, uh, this year. We're still locking down dates and everything, but he has committed to joining us for the master's episode just like he was last year. So hopefully this is a yearly thing that Justin comes on, joins us. Um, an Augusta person goes every year, has played it before. Why not have him on for our master's preview episode? So that's really exciting. A little scoop. Um, and yes, Justin contributed a full swing. Uh, I think it's going to just be awesome to see um how everything comes but what a week just what a week we've got you know coming up tiger presser uh again you're listening to this on wednesday but this was being recorded on a monday so tiger presser tomorrow tuesday or yesterday if you're listening um intrigued to see what he says happy to have him back intrigued to just see him uh what's on his feet you know uh, but how you guys feeling with him coming now that waste management is over him coming back um how you feeling? Has things changed since Friday night, Saturday when we launched the last podcast? And Keith has been hit by the mute monster. First time, actually, <laughs> since we such a sweet stream yard. That's all I right. We, third episode. That's okay. Got me. You guys got me. No, it's, it's, you know, we just recorded on a Monday afternoon, which is awesome. But, you know, news has come across flashing with Tiger being at LA Country Club right now walking through the course and everything. So that's that's awesome to hear, which means we could possibly, we're already up to three times, we'll probably see Tiger playing this week, Masters, U.S. Open. So that's great to see. It's great to see that he still has that rush of playing and wanting to compete in the majors. And with this week coming up, it's going to be great to hear him talk uh, and hear his press, uh, press conference and see what he said. You know, a couple of days ago, it, it, it's it's just going to be great. Um, other than that, I'm excited. At, I'm really not going to look down and see what's on his feet until one of you guys tell me what's on his feet because <laughs> I'm just going to be focusing on him and how, how his swing is looking. Yeah, I, I agree. I just hope that he's, he's good. Uh, I want to see how he walks. I want to see how the feet are holding up to uh, to the planter. Someone who goes through that, like – just what it looks like, feels like, um, it's tough. Um, but yeah, I think that's good. Hype around the six, the Jordan six, 
I mean, Matt, you saw the pictures come out. What are your thoughts, initial thoughts on the Jordan 6 after we get some finally up-close photos of, uh, of the AJ6? So I don't know if I said this in the last episode. I didn't have a chance to listen back. But I know we all wanted the free version, and there's even, like, some free um, – wording still in the description so it feels like they copy and pasted from the last release the last golf release they're more true to the six low that released uh for casual streetwear here's my thing like i said it's still a four five for me out of five it's a must get and the reason is that it's like look we wanted a ferrari the six is a ferrari or actually it's designed after a porsche so let's just say right it's designed after one of his german sports cars this thing's probably like a 911 carrera Right. And, you know, the old one was like the classic 911 turbo because it had the it had the free cushioning and all that stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're still getting a six sports car on our shoes. Um, it looks really good. And it's if you're budgeting and this is where I like I'm debating and I've asked this question, and I'm just going to give my statement. It's going to be tough for me. And I think if they did release both on the 24th, like I'd probably have to err on the side of getting the infrared securing those first. And then hoping that we get some other tiger colors down the road. And, you know, rumor is that there is some other tigers coming down the road. Um, you know, we, we'll talk about that maybe next episode more in depth about the rumored colorways for tiger. But just seeing the sixes and knowing that they're there, if I had to pick one between the two, I'm going between those two. And they look really good. Like the quality of the leather from the pictures, uh, Blake called it out. It looks like yeah. really soft leather. And that's key because you're going to get more creasing when you're playing golf than wearing shoes casually right like i i know in a lot of my shoes i'll put like force fields those kind of things they're like little tents that go in the toe box to keep them from creasing you're not going to want to golf and walk you know and i know those of you saying well i'm in a cart you know have you ever checked like a fitbit even when you're in a cart like how much walking you actually do especially like if it's cart path only like on a, a drizzly day so for me yeah the six is a hit man like i'm so excited it's and i wonder going forward and i've said this before if all the new golf shoes we get from Nike will just be retros, like are all we going to get is the victory tour, that new one that Rory's wearing, whatever it is, the 2.5 or the three, whatever they're going to call it. Yeah. I don't know. We have next percent in the two year run. So we'll see. I think next year will be the linchpin, right? Like, do we just do a like tour premiere, right? Like we talked about it in our, some back channel chats and would, would a tour premiere be retro already? You know, like the summer of Brooks was such a big hit uh, and such a good shoe too. Like why, why not? But um, yeah, I think it all kind of lynches on, on next week on next year on the, after the two year run of the next percent to see, you know, what they come up with and, and what comes out. Cause I think it, the, the Jordans are getting better. Like they're, they're getting better every year. There's a, another one and we started, you know, with the threes and I think then it was the, then the fours and the fives and then the fives and the fours. I don't, I don't remember, but it was, it was one of the other. And, uh, and they were like somewhere chunky a little bit like on, on one of them. And I'm, I'm looking up to the right here to my collection and, and staring right at them. Um, but then I know like um, the twelves last year were a huge hit with people like super comfy and all that stuff. And so, um, it's quite interesting to see, you know, what this will feel like with the six, and it's obviously going to be a little bit different than the original six that we got due to not having free um, technology in it. But you know, still really, really exciting stuff. So um, that's coming out. Tiger's back. Let's talk about Scotty. Scotty gets it done. 
at the waste management again. I would say with a pretty severe, not severe, but good case of the polls all week and still being able to score um, handedly, um, whatnot. And rocking a, a pretty interesting polo yesterday, too, in the blue. Uh, I think one of my friends commented, it looks like it's inside out. <laughs> but I kind of dig it at the same time. So, uh, Keith, give me your, sc- on your, your Scots on Foddy. Your thoughts on Scotty <laughs> uh, after his second win in a row with the waste management and uh, and now back to number one in the world again, too. It's been one of the like first PGA tournaments that I've watched since like the Hawaii swing because I love just watching the Hawaii swing. And the waste management is always like the party atmosphere, especially with the football or with the Super Bowl happening, you know, right down the street from there. But watching Scotty win back to back, I loved it. You know, it was a big win for the swoosh. It was a big win for him to take over number one again. You know, it's it's him and, and him and McElroy going back and forth right now with Rom not that far behind. So it's it's good to see two of our boys just like they were with the clubs, one and two mostly throughout the careers of the clubs and now the clothing line and everything. But with Scotty, Scotty did have to pull the lefts, especially on hole seventeen where it almost on the drivable uh, part four there, he did yank that. And that was skimming across the green and it stopped on the fringe. And that was, you know, that's, you got to have that luck sometimes when you have a couple wins under your belt. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was, it was good to see some of the new apparel. It was good to see the back swoosh on all the sh- shirts, how it is, how it looks on uh, televised and everything. It looks good. That's why they placed it there. So people know what shirt he is wearing. Um, he didn't wear too much tiger stuff. He had the T Doug shoes on, um, but there was a lack of his uh, tiger shirts. Um, but no, other than that, a great week by him, great win, and definitely probably more to come from him. He looks like that in full force. He looked amazing. His short game looked amazing. But yeah, he looked good. Yeah, you know, it's going back to your thought about like wedges and contractual thing where we talked about with Rory. It looks like he had the Vokies back in the bag which he had during the Masters win. So he had Vokies back in the bag. He is a tailor-made guy. So he did have the new stealth and the fairway and the the driver. My brother sent me a what's in the bag kind of post. But I'd like you guys to tell me if this is blasphemy because I get nervous. Like I know he's wearing the Tiger Woods shoes and I get nervous comparing him to T-Dub. But the, the thing that impresses me is that when he has this case of the pools, which from an equipment standpoint, by the way, everybody, it's amazing because he has it two degrees open. So the fact that he's still <laughs> pulling it left with, with a dryer that's two degrees open, pretty impressive, you know, for that to happen. But look, the, the pulls started happening on the back nine at Augusta and he pulled out that victory Yeah, and he has the pulls and he pulls out this victory. So the, this is what I think might be blasphemous to some, but it's like it's very impressive because Tiger also, when Tiger didn't have his game going, he still found ways to win. And granted, many more times than Scotty has ever done on a much bigger stage in majors, I totally agree with that. But it is very Tiger-esque to me that he's able to do this. Like, hey, I don't have my best stuff, but I can still go ahead and compete with the world's best and pull off a win. And, and pretty, you know, it feels it feels like he was feeding off that atmosphere. He doesn't seem like a party animal, but it feels like uh, he was up for the moment. What do you guys yeah. think? No, I think it's um, he's definitely more of the can score without his A game, whereas someone like a Rory, 
he wins sometimes with his B game, but it feels like he had an A, a couple A moments throughout the week to get him there. I think what last week he held out, right? Like, and everything. And, and so he has that like throughout the week. Um, whereas, like, I think Scotty doesn't do anything like flashy. I think he made like a 48 foot bomb throughout the week or something like that. And so it, it's, it definitely felt like an Augusta esque um, win where he kind of just, you know, grinded it out. And, and you're fighting a charge. Jason Day made a charge. Good to see him back up in a top five position. Um, you know, Ron probably again B minus C game, but right there with it. And Rom's won twice already this year. So that was, you know, you're fighting off that. Plus Nick Taylor just like fighting for his life and, and unbelievable like gutsy performance from from someone but yeah 3.6 million on the line and scotty gets it done so great to see really cool atmosphere out there at the waste management this year with all the football the super bowl um and everything so um yeah it was it was awesome and then little super bowl talk um as we get into it as we left the super bowl talk matt's pick of the eagles uh or sorry of the chiefs not the eagles um winning came to fruition uh my bet hit every leg except for miles sanders first touchdown so that's really annoying um wait how, really good how many was that how many how many did you have in that parlay i had 15 dollars, and it would have paid out 1700 so but all my money was gotten being all made the t-dubs on, all my money was being made on miles sanders scoring the first touchdown which obviously is like the more of a long shot you know so and then, like, because he fumbled in the opening, like, drive, they didn't even give him the ball anywhere, like, near that that end of it. So um, when someone else – it was – it was other than Boston Scott came in to score – like, to score the touchdown that was taken away, I thought that was him, but it was Ken Gamewell. So um, – but either way, cool to see. Cool little factual note um, was Jalen Hurts starting in Jordan 11th. Um, in the game, scored the first touchdown in Jordan 11s, and then changing to the AJ ones like midway through the second quarter. We called it out in the group chat and everything. And so, um, interesting to see how the uh footing was like affected due to the grass and everything, too. So, um, eight hundred thousand dollars for that grass, and it was a ice rink yesterday what wasn't the story though that the grass was actually like golf people helped make the grass yeah it's actually a golf like grass that they use for like the first time so it gets wheeled out every day onto it just quite interesting yeah i know that's the big thing about the cardinal stadiums that they're able to wheel those those grass fields in and out get its sun for 24 hours and obviously uh arizona not known for its its you know, robust temperatures and wet weather. So interesting that they did that. Um, I wonder about the footwear though. So like, did they say that the cleats were different sizes? Cause I, I'll tell you something I did. I do something. You guys might not believe this. It's really crazy. I've decided the last two years to do something crazy when it comes to the Super Bowl. They're not watch it. I don't, well, not real one day of your life. I don't know. <laughs> not cook something. <laughs> actually i did it yesterday i uh shout out to costco rotisserie chicken and a couple slices of pizza were oh, good yeah, yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, five dollar chicken and a ten dollar pizza, dude. You can't beat it, man. Fed everybody. We were we were napping by halftime. Uh, although I really did enjoy the Super Bowl halftime show. Interestingly, though, so here's the controversial thing that I do. I don't bet on it. I don't have any fantasy things going on. I just sit and watch and uh, kind of enjoy the game that way. You know, don't have any, you know, I don't have to pull for anything like crazy to happen. Like Miles Sanders to score the first touchdown. Like yeah. that would have ruined entertaining. It was entertaining. I was telling you, I was, I was at a little party last night. It was entertaining watching me rooting for someone. But uh, yeah, no, it just, it's cool when you get stuff to watch. It was a great game last night, you know. So was the AJ one that he switched to? It wasn't the golf one, was it? Or did it have did it have cleats or spikes? I, it it definitely had spikes. And so my speculation is someone is seeing it is that there's definitely that they need to change it to just get some other traction. So, all right, our guest has arrived. Super excited. Uh, a big time provider of updates, reviews on all things sneakers, sports, music entertainment popular on tiktok instagram snapchat for his unboxing and reviews with over 1.3 million subs on youtube and the host of voices on the pga tour youtube a new golfer like ourselves a pleasure to introduce to the pod mr jock slade welcome sir welcome to the podcast we're super excited to have you here thank you for having me that's one hell of an intro I all my notes. I owe you for that. <laughs> so uh Jock's a big time sneaker guy. Super excited to have him on here. And he's just gotten into the golf. He got involved with the PGA tour. We're gonna ask you all about that. Uh, but we are just pumped. I've been following for a while, seeing you on Snapchat, Insta, all of, all over the place. Um, I think I even tweeted at you a couple times. Not nothing crazy. And then Matt's obviously a big fan too, and he's reached out. And so uh, we're super excited to have you here. Matt's going to take over three, two, one. This is our new guests, you know, thing. We got to do it. So Matt's yeah. going to hit you with that. So it. this is just to introduce you for, for the golfers. So we try to serve the sneaker community and the golf community and overall all the Nike fandom that's out there. So just Amazing. to kind of get an idea of like what your golf background is, like what your vibes are. The first question of three, two, one is, Name your three favorite golfers of all time, and they don't have to be Nike golfers. So they could just be any golfer because we know Nike didn't come into the golf game until like the 80s, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, who are your three favorite golfers? And if you want to include Tiger, we're all Tiger fans, obviously. So it's totally <laughs> up to you. So three favorite golfers that you got. Um, I'm going to say uh, Lee Trevino, um, especially in his later years. Uh, I feel like he is just such a such a, so great for the game and growing the game. Um, he's like just throwing knowledge out, just passing it on, just giving it out, just giving it away. Um, uh, Patrick Harrington, um, just because okay. he's just, just a really solid, just a really solid guy. It's and a brilliant mind too. Pat, brilliant, Patrick yeah, absolutely. Mind is wild. And then probably um, uh, I probably have to go with like Charlie Sifford, uh, just because he's a yes. black golfer went on PGA tour. So. Man, that is such three. Those three. That's a solid three. And I, I actually used to work at Wilson Sporting Goods. So I saw you did a Wilson, a little Keith event behind the scenes. Probably some stuff to come out, looks like. Yeah, uh, yeah, down yeah, there yeah. In Arizona. So we don't have to talk about that. But yeah, I was always a Patrick fan because when Tiger took that little hiatus, he rolled off two majors and you know, it, you know, he started tweaking with the swing and never won again. But well, but great guide of great follow. So the two in three, two, one. Your two favorite golf shoes, Nike golf shoes. 
Um, what do you got on the road? Like, it doesn't have to be current in your rotation, something you wish they would bring back, or it could be something that you, you love wearing. Um, the, the, the 12 low is like my recent favorite. Um, I feel like they're just mad comfortable. Um, and it's really, they're really hard to beat on the course as a, as a lifestyle, like fun shoe and, uh, not like a, Oh, I'm, I'm a serious golfer. Take me seriously. Like it's a very, it's a very like cool. I think the new community that's getting into golf, that's kind of be their thing. Um, and then the second one, God, there's so many really, um, like Adidas has so many good ones. I really love playing in the, um, the, uh, the Stan Smith, uh, old school golf shoe. Um, the, um, the TW 13, um, I think is always going to be a standout, um, for, for golf shoes. Um, yeah, I'll go with those two, those two for my, those three technically for my two. Those would be, those, yeah, that's cool. yeah. No, that's cool. We, we do a little parentheses around those Stan Smiths. Yeah, you know, yeah. classic shoe. It's all right. It's all good. Now, here's here's the one. And, right. man. This like, one's going to be so hard for him. So Yeah, hard. and my next question. And my next question will, like, build on, like, like, how I followed your career. But what is your one favorite Nike or Jordan shoe of all okay. time? Doesn't have to be a golf shoe. So, just, like, what is what is the one? And I think I know the answer because you've worn these to death. And, yeah, and you're yeah. one of the big proponents of wear your shoes. Uh, and yeah. I, I love, if this is it, then I love it, but I'm going to let you go. Yeah. I would say definitely it's the black cement threes. Um, I just think they look so good. Brand new or worn in um, the pair that I have, they're beat to death. Actually, uh, actually, I don't even have them right now. Um, I have a shirt on surgeon shoe surgeon actually has them now because he, uh, he helped me, um, restore the bottoms because the bottom was actually coming off of one of them. So he like completely ripped them apart and he was like, yo, you need to put these back together. So we're going to rip them apart. And so we put them back together. And this was like two months ago. And I just haven't been back to his studio to, uh, to actually to get to pick them up from him. Um, but like the uppers are still great. They're still in really good condition. It's just that the, the sole was coming off. So are, the, they're not crumbling, right? Like there's still- no, 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 they're not crumbling. It's just that like the literally like the sole was separating from the upper. And so he um, he like took them apart, glued it, put them in the oven, and like stuck them back together. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be able to go and grab those. I just got to get back over to his I, studio to grab them. The epitome I can't wait of wearing your shoes, right there. Yeah, <laughs> epitome of wearing your shoes. And I can't wait, like when it becomes also like the like the ship of theosis, like. You'll probably one day have to replace the soles, and then someday you'll wear out the uppers, and you'll have to replace the uppers, and maybe do some like sole swapping and stuff like that. So yeah. we'll still be the original at some point. But yeah, so- I actually have a new pair, and I just refuse to wear them. I just want because <laughs> I just because these are still good. Like, there's no point in wasting a new pair. These are still really good. So, are yeah. the, what year? What year is that retro? Is it the uh, retro? Is it the OG? No, this is the retro. These are 2000. I think it was 2010 when they came out. 2011. I don't remember what year it was. They came. It was, it was two. It was 10 or 11. But I've just worn them ever since. Like I even have the new, oh yeah, again, I have the new pair, but I just, just don't want to change out these. Cause like they've shaped to my foot, like they wear well, they look good. Like I just, yeah, I just have no, yeah, I just don't want to change. So for those of you that uh, maybe you're a little bit newer to Jacques, uh, let me take you through my history and like where Jacques intercept, like where, where I first like noticed you, man. And that's, I'm, I'm the old head of the group, by the way. So these, these young cats, they don't know about message boards. So I go back to like Nike talk, Turn, oh, yeah, of the, yeah. turn of the century kind of thing. Yeah. 
Shout out to those times, methodological management. I don't know if I can talk this afternoon. I'm so excited to be speaking to you. (laughs) But I remember like when when sneakerhead culture was like relegated to message boards. Yeah. And then like some, then meetups started from the message boards. And then all of a sudden there was like actual news sites like Kixology and Sneaker News. That stuff actually popped up. And I was like, wait a minute, this hobby is starting to get legitimized. Yeah. And that's when all of a sudden I see a man doing video unboxings, reviews on YouTube. Like you really set that world on fire. To me, you're, you're, you're the, you're the OG of it, of doing sneaker news on video. When did you realize that this was something that was going to be a bit more, or like, did you always know this was something big and it was an underserved market? Like, and when did you know you made it? I honestly, I didn't, I didn't know. So I started out my, my, start in the world of sneaker media was uh, at Kicks on Fire. So I started writing for Kicks on Fire in 2009. And at back then, um, there wasn't anyone doing sneaker news on YouTube proper. And so I, um, I wanted to try to try to do something that was a little different. And so I wanted to create like a Hollywood reporter, Hollywood news, e-news kind of thing for sneakers. And so I started doing it on Kicks on Fire and I was doing it once a week back then. Um, and then in 2013, um, when I started doing things on my own, I knew that I couldn't complete compete with the blogs. And so my choice was to like, well, I'll just be a video version of the sneaker blogs. And then that just kind of continually grew. And that's kind of brought me to where I am now. Like I don't, that, that was like the differentiator for me because there was sneaker information already out there. But doing it on YouTube in the news format was the differentiator um, that that allowed me to kind of grow and prosper within this space. That's awesome. I know I know I'm the quiet one in this group here and everything, but I do want to switch it up a little bit and go to the golf side because I've seen a couple of videos of your swing and it looks pretty darn good. It looks good. (laughs) I saw the Vegas video. It looked good. That was a good bomb down the middle. but we just wanted to know, we all have our stories of how, you know, we became or got into the, the groove of golf and yeah, yeah. intro or got hooked on the game. We just want you to let us know and our listeners how you got into the game of golf. You know, since we talk about a lot of golf on here, mostly our sneakers, sneaker heads out there, who like introduced you to golf and, you know, how was your relationship with like the PGA Tour and everything? Uh, my first uh, well, I mean, I, I played golf in my younger years, like here and there. It was like, oh, hey, I will, you know, this is like when I was working at like a bank and I was like, oh, we're having a golf event. It's like, oh, OK, I'll go. Cool. That'll be fun. Um, but I didn't really start playing golf probably until 2013. Uh, one of my good buddies, Tony, uh, who actually, actually works for Spotify now. Not that, that matters, but just popped into my head. He works at Spotify and uh, he got me into into golf. He, he, he started playing. He was one of the guys that we played ball with. Um, and he just started, he started playing and started, you know, inviting us out. And we would always say like, no, bro, I play basketball. I'm a baller. Um, but then eventually uh, he got me and I went out and played with him. And um, I just kind of started falling more in love. The more I played with him, the more I fell in love with it. Um, and then like the competitive side started to kick in cause he just would kick my ass. And, you know, at first it's like, Oh, I don't know how to play golf. I'm just out here having fun and it's cool. But then like, at, the more you play, the more you're like, all right, I can't let you keep kicking my ass, bro. Like that, like, that's not, that's not good. Um, and so then that started me playing a little more, 
Um, I probably should have took lessons then, but I didn't. Um, I was just like more just like, okay, I'm gonna play, 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 play. And then I'll, then I'll get better. And then probably I would say like the year before COVID, um, I was like, all right, I need to really get better. Um, like I, like I want to really, really get better. So I started taking lessons. So I'll say like 2020, 21, 22, 23, like I've been really trying to dial it in to really get better. I mean, I'm still terrible. I'm still like an 18. Uh, but like the goal this year is to really get down to to like a single digit, like a really like a low single digit. And I think I'm really at that point now where I'm starting like I understand like the feels like a lot of those lessons it was like oh do this do this do this and I was just like doing it not knowing why or not understanding how it was supposed to feel or not understanding what I was doing necessarily just kind of doing it and I feel like now I'm starting to understand all of those things a little bit more and like the process of things now like the process of the swing the tempo you know how I'm moving my body and all of those things like not just being not just being out there and being an athlete um, and so I, I think this year I will, I think that the jump is going to, going to, is going to happen this year. Like my instructors, he's like, yo, he's like, you're so close. <laughs> and I think part of it is just me getting those feels right. Uh, you know, and that's such a golf term and I hate saying that, but that's that, just, that's that tiger term right there. Like, yeah. It yeah. feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Just getting the, it's getting the feel right. Cause it, it, it makes a difference. Like how your body's moving, like understanding the feeling of that. And like, now I go back. And I watch like a lot of the tutorials that I used to watch and things like that. And now you understand and appreciate some of the things that they they were saying a little more because you understand now about the wrist inflection and pronate and supinate and all in the shoulders and moving all of those things. So yeah, so that's kind of like what's your what's your biggest struggle? Is it putter? Is it irons? Is it driver? Is it um really it's it's long irons mostly like so my mid same. irons are my mid irons are okay uh but my long irons are are so iffy uh, like one day i'll hit a four iron 230 240 and then the next day i'll hit it like 190 and i don't know what the difference is you yeah. know kind of thing so like getting those those long irons together is really like the goal now so i'm, I'm getting to a point now where like four iron is like a consistent 220 like I know I can count on it going like that distance and not being like out of my mind like what the hell is going on or <laughs> shanking it over to the left or to the right between those and then probably I would say um sand bunkers are like some some days it's great some days it's not um and then probably the probably 70 to 100 yard range for some reason yeah that range just like I just can't figure it out. Either it's long or it's mad short. And I'm just like I just got to figure that out. So there's we'll actually, there's a lot of things with my game that needs to meet work. But we'll get you a Gumby golf lesson. That's what it, that's just me and and I uh, I'm short like all the time. Not a long hitter at all. But my short game that's pretty good. So we call it Gumby golf. I can just get up to the green, chip on, make par, make a couple birdies. That's it. You know, so you that's get, the that's get the on that Gumby important. golf game. And uh, don't worry about the bunkers. Don't worry about the bunkers. It's the bunkers' fault because some are like white sand, and then the other ones are like the the crushed glass, and then there's the dirt, the mud. Like there's different types of bunkers out there. It's just That's true. It's their fault. It's, it's the bunkers. The, definitely fault. the definitely the bunkers' fault. But yeah. just to kind of go, ahead, yeah, I can just get my one fifty game together, one fifty yeah. in. If I can get that in, 
I think that'll that'll dramatically change things for me. Shaving everything off. Yeah, your story your story is golf is very similar to mine. I was a college basketball and tennis player, and you know, I, I used to make fun of the guys that did golf because I was like, Oh man, you waste four hours walking in the woods chasing something. Like it's it's so silly. Yeah. And then when I was 25, I went on a golf trip with my buddies and I finished like dead last. And I was like, No, this can't happen. So the, I went back the next year and got my ass kicked again. But after that, like I rattled off a couple wins in a row. So the, the turn can happen very quickly. Yeah. So I'm the worst golfer of the group. Gumby's got because i i'm just i i i can hit my driver i can't hit anything else gumby's the next best golfer because he's got the yep. short game and then our stig like if you're a top gear fan like our our pro over here is is nike keith over here so keith what, what's your next question for jacques no i said the follow-up one with since we're on the golf topic just how involved are you with the pga tour you know how great are they you know with their players and everything and how you know just how involved are you with the pga tour so my relationship with the PGA Tour is fantastic. I'm super, uh, super grateful for the relationship that I have because I, you know, I I know that I am in a very privileged position with them. Um, that not a lot of people have the sort of relationship with them that I do. Um, I think they're they're a, a great organization and they're really working. I think they're really working to change um, and really working to adjust to the times and to adjust to how they grow the game. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm there is I can be, you know, they've given me the liberty to be totally open and honest and, and factual with them. Just tell them like my thoughts and my feelings coming from the cultural perspective that I bring to the game. I'm able to, to share that with them and then provide insight as well to things that they may not necessarily be thinking about. Um, there's a lot of things that happen in golf and there's a lot of repetition in golf of stories that are told over and over and over. And part of my relationship with them is saying, hey, love these stories, these are great. How about we add this story as well and make yeah. this a part of the rotation of the stories that you tell? Because the, the growth of the game doesn't just happen from guys like us getting into the game and wearing Jordans on course. Like that's not, that's not the only way that that's going to change the game. That we need to also have the older generation that's already playing and that, that are already kind of cemented in the world of golf, giving them new stories to tell. So, you know, we always talk about Arnold Palmer and Sam Snead and all of these guys. We always, we always tell those stories and we all know about those guys. But we also need to be telling those same stories about Lee Trevino, those same stories about Charlie Sifford, about Calvin Pete, um, like telling those stories and putting those stories into the rotation that we talk about every tournament. And that, I think, will help grow the game in a way that doesn't necessarily because we're not trying to force our, our, our culture onto other communities that play golf. We're just trying to add our culture into the community yeah. of golf. And I think part of that is, again, telling those those stories. Yeah. And, and awesome. your first episode of Voices with Macklemore on PJ Tour's YouTube channel was was awesome to watch. And and from my, my point of view, is like I use golf as therapy, um, as I think a lot of people do, is it's a way to connect with nature and everything. And to to hear him, I'm a big Macklemore fan. I think one of my top concerts is a Macklemore concert. And so uh, to hear him talk about golf and the way that he relates it now and, and channels it now for what he struggled with, with addiction and everything like that. And coming in, that's a story that you told um, is awesome. And also personally, someone that I designed college athletic websites. And so my biggest thing is telling the athlete stories, especially from like the NIL perspective and everything now is, is everything that I'm trying to do with, with these colleges nowadays, I'm working on some big ones. It's really cool um, is to, 
is to help tell is to get them to think about the athlete and the player behind just like the uniform and every person has a story to tell whether it's me whether it's you whether it's someone down the street like every single person's story is different and you don't know how that can impact someone else by just hearing it or seeing it or anything like that so i commend you for bringing that to the game of golf and bringing it into fashion and and into all that too because i think it's it's hugely popular now and it's just what it's what pga needs to battle off the other thing and um and and what we need just as like a golf community too which is really cool so yeah absolutely yeah if i could make one comment about just the the idea of like i I know you said that hey shoes shoes won't fix everything but it is kind of cool that i've got like i've lived in two worlds like i've lived uh you know I'm a guy that grew up on the north side of Chicago, taught myself to play tennis, became a tennis instructor. And when you're a tennis instructor, you live in a very privileged, like you work in a very privileged environment. And, you know, I was around the, the country clubs and the golf courses. And then Keith will talk about this too. You know, when we worked for Nike Golf, being around the country club crowd yeah. that doesn't have a, a diverse sense of, you know, or a self-awareness, I should say. And then I have my basketball world. And, and there are plenty of gyms. I still go into a gym every week where I'm the only face that looks like me. And I, great, it's great. I love it. And now my basketball friends, they can't wait to go play golf. Yeah. Like they've picked up golf yeah. and they feel more, and I'm not saying they feel totally comfortable, but they feel more comfortable, especially when you can get a group of people that you know from other places together. And like, I, you know, for me watching my golf and tennis and basketball buddies all collide on a golf course, it's been a beautiful thing. And that's yeah. where I think like, yeah, the stories that you're telling, like, yeah, man, you know, come off, show off your fit, kicks of the day, show your shoes, know about the straightest hitter ever in the legendary go- game of golf, right? Like know that those people existed decades ago and they're just, the stories deserve to be told. I think it's yeah. wonderful what you're doing, man. So I just had to make that comment. Like, thank you, man. I that, appreciate that. That's thank where you. I think like this inclusion of sneaker culture is cool because so many of us have grown up, around each other and for us all to like meet back up in the game of golf i think is so cool yeah thank you man i appreciate that thank you all right couple weeks ago you posted about the tw13 and asking nike to do a retro and then all of a sudden jack guess what we got coming back now yeah 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 what did you know back then and how hype are you for this to come back out so I actually didn't know it was going to come back out, but I will tell you for the last year and a half, I have been talking to Nike people like, what is going on? Why why are we playing around? Uh, it's Tiger's 10 year anniversary in 2013. What's what's gonna happen with his shoe? Like why is what's his shoe coming back? And then also like, why haven't we done something with Tiger and LeBron? Uh, LeBron and Tiger have the same birthday. Why is there not something happening tying these two worlds together? Like we have two people that are the greatest at the sport, uh, at their particular individual sports, and we've done nothing to tie these two together. And like now is a, is there's no better time than now when golf and basketball and all these athletes are starting to really get into golf. There's no better time than now to tell these stories. So yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything, but I am excited that it's coming back. I actually have probably two to three pairs still um, that I have just sitting in my storage unit. Um, I have the, I have the master's pair, although I think the master's pair was like 14 
I think that was the TW14 or they, they did a one in 13 was, also. They did one in 13. Okay. So I have the, I have those from 2013, and I'm just like, yo, like I don't even want to wear these, but you know, it's, I'm happy to hear that that it's coming back. Um, and I've been I've been pushing for it. Um, so yeah. I hope I hope a, 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 a either a check or a pair arrives at the door. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope for you too. Yeah. We, hey, we, are... we did an episode last year. We we ranked all of Tiger's shoes and we called it we've called it in multiple episodes. So so we got you number one, Nike put Jock number one, but then two, three, four right here. Yeah, right here. <laughs> we we uh we also agree with you that it's probably the greatest golf shoe that has come out. And I think just yeah. the technology at the time with the free and and all the all these old adverts from from 2013 are coming out because it's the same thing and, and uh, you probably didn't listen to our last episode but last episode we talked uh, once it was confirmed that um, we found out that it was scanned taken out of the vault scanned you know one by one um, with materials and everything to be an exact replica of the TW13 and so this will just be like they, they never st- stop production which is just that's so that's great so uh very excited about that um so you're gonna cop at least one pair or hopefully someone's sending you uh i'll I'll, I'll buy a pair regardless just so what else do you think that you're gonna get with some of the nike golf shoes coming out we got aj6s coming out too um we got some am ones and stuff i don't know if you saw the always fresh the masters uh ones and then the freshman's of bel air am ones too so what are your thoughts on the lineup that is coming out that you've seen so far from Nike Golf? Um, I think it's, I think it's exciting. Um, what I would love for them to do is to treat golf shoes like they treat every other sneaker. And I want to see more collabs. Like I want to yeah. see, I want to see a union, a Kith, uh, undefeated. Uh, I want to see a, a John Elliott. Like I want to, I, I want to see like those sort of investments in the golf space that they have in like the Jordans and Nike, you know, an undercover golf shoe or, you know, any like really digging uh, into those relationships and bringing that sort of energy to golf as well, because that audience is slowly transitioning to golf, but the the energy that you have behind all these other sneakers is not necessarily there. Also like to see some really crazy throwbacks, the golf sneakers, like super limited runs, um, like a CB34 golf shoe or, or something like that. Just like really throwing yeah. it back to like the archives of like the 90s basketball era because a lot of those guys are playing golf now um, and bringing, you know, some limited edition versions of those out. You know, don't, you know, I don't, I don't think they'll meet, you know, they're not going to be mass produced kind of things. But again, it's, it's just more about the energy and energy to the space and getting people excited about the game of golf and, finding the stories that work with golf or work with a particular tournament. I don't, I don't think it's that hard to do. Like we pull stories out of thin air for Michael Jordan. We, you know, from, from the, the bubble gum that he chewed to the car that he drove, we make stories about all of those things. So I think we can do those same things with golf. We just have to invest a little bit, invest a little bit of time in making those come together. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good example of that was, the last time that that's ever happened was Brooks Kepka had to do that off white collab. And it, it, he, he did that, you know, kind of like off, the, like, I don't think Nike helped support that. Right. Like he had to get the off white shoes and then he had to have the soul swap done. So yeah, totally with you that that's something that needs to happen. Yeah. All right. Big thing in fashion. Probably one of our last things we'll talk. We don't want to keep it too long. You know, we're just super thankful to have you on and, 
the mischief boots. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm saying it right properly. Yeah. Your thoughts, and then what would Nike do that would be comparable? What do you What do you think that Nike could do? I wouldn't say should do, but could do that would be comparable to these things because these things are taking the world by storm. Like I'm not the biggest sneakerhead. I think the only shoe that we may have in common is that I have the the go fly ease shoes, the little step in uh, shoes. I have those. And I saw your post about those um, over a year ago now. Um, So I'm I'm not the biggest sneakerhead. I obviously love sneakers. I just can never afford them. (laughs) And so, uh, but these mischief boots, and again, correct me if I'm wrong in saying it, right? Because again, not in the fashion. No, that's right. uh, uh, Your thoughts on them. And then like, would you want to see Nike do them? Would you, what would, what would be the big thing that they could do? You know? So mischief is a, I see mischief as art. I see it more as art than I think of them as a footwear manufacturer. They, their purpose is to spur conversation and agitate, agitate culture. Um, regardless whatever that culture is, whether it's sneakers or business or whatever it is like they're, they're, they're a bit of an agitator, sort of. Like, yeah. And so, like, this boot thing, I think, is one, I think they're very memeable. And I think yeah. that is what has allowed them to grow the way that they are, mm-hmm. um, is because with today's internet culture, it was, it's like the perfect recipe for, for something to, to kind of blow up and be trendy. I think. I think after this week, the trend will be dead and no one will talk about them anymore and they'll be more yeah. like an archive piece. Yeah. But they, they definitely had their run these last, you know, two to three weeks. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like like anything really in sneaker culture now, um, next week they'll be done and nobody and in culture and culture and fashion will move on to something else. They'll pop up every once in a while. Yeah. But after this, I think that that's kind of like the end of the road. But great, you know, kudos to them for creating probably one of the most trendy moments in in fashion in years. Like, you know, we, I talked about this on Hard Pass that you know these overtook the Tiffany the Tiffany Air Force Ones. Like, no one's talking about the Tiffany Air Force Ones anymore. All they're talking about is these red boots and people are wearing these red boots. Maybe a good thing for Nike that they're not, right? Like, <laughs> you know? So. I mean, is it, I mean, how do you feel about the Tiffany thing now that you've seen like the other pieces that have come out about it? I, I know a lot of people have had strong feelings. I, I'd, I'd be remiss if we don't touch on the Tiffany release. Um, I, I still don't feel like the there was the sort of creative investment that I would have liked to see. Um, I think just throwing it on a black Air Force One and just doing the swoosh is like the minimum amount of work you could have done in order it's to get a disservice to both brands i think yeah like i don't want to yeah i mean i i get they were trying to keep it simple and elegant in a way that you can't necessarily you know and that's hard to do with an air force one but i don't i don't know if simple and elegant was the solution for uh for this type of collab um tell like tell a tell a greater story and if it's referencing you know breakfast at tiffany's like that's problematic in itself just because the way that movie portrayed japanese people 
So like that's a whole, but that's a whole different, you know, it's a different, totally different. These were a pretty, pretty rough decade, but was it possible yeah. for them to live up to the legend that is the Tiffany dunk though? I guess I, I you, do you think some people were kind of holding them up, like expecting to, Hey, can, can you get something better than a Tiffany dunk? I, I don't think, I think, I don't think they were trying to hold it up to the legend. That is the Tiffany dunk. I think um, if they would have employed are consulted with the pieces that made the Tiffany dunk, the culture would have been more welcoming to this shoe. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and that's saying that's not saying that whether they are they are connected with Nikki or not. Um, but the the feeling is that they did this outside of Nikki Diamonds and Tiffany wouldn't be relevant in the culture of sneakers without the Tiffany dunk um, or the diamond dunk. Um, and the fact that like they Tiffany was literally sending out cease and desist letters to bloggers uh, when they talked about the diamond dunk and if they called it the Tiffany dunk, they sent in cease and desist letters. So it's, you know, that sort of historical, um, those historical skeletons in the closet, just putting out a black and, 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 and teal shoe isn't going to be enough to, I think, satisfy the culture, um, especially those that have been in the culture for a while and understand the relevance of the partnership. Uh, for those that aren't, don't have any connection to sneaker culture, they love it. I have friends that are like, oh, yo, have you seen the Tiffany Dunk? Like, that is so cool. And I get that perspective. They don't have the historical, they don't, they, they're not seeing through the lens that I see it through. So there, you know, there's those two sides of it. It's like, is Nike and Tiffany catering to the audience that would hype this up and get excited about this or, or they're catering to the general public that knows Tiffany in the traditional sense. Gotcha. I, 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 and I know we're limited on time. So you know what, you brought up a good viewpoint and I wonder about that. Cause so we, we deal sometimes here with um, we call them the boom golfers, like the, the golfers that have come in pre-boom. Like we were talking about the Jordan six, the Jordan six originally was a golf shoe with a free bottom. So to me, as like somebody who was, was here like pre-boom, that's amazing to me because it fused Nike golf technology with a Jordan upper. Yeah. We thought we were going to get that. We get like more of a true retro, right? And, and I, I just said like, hey, you know what? We still got a Ferrari. It's just that I wanted the 360 Modena and instead we got like the the, the Tom Selleck Magnum PI. We got the, the old school Ferrari. It's still badass. It's still a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. It's still legit. Like right now, like – when you talked about like maybe the more casual sneakerheads making a Tiffany reference to you, not knowing the history, like when you approach your videos and you, or your opinions, do you try to temper it by saying, well, you know, there is a newer generation or like maybe a more casual sneakerhead, or, you know, should I represent the diehards? I think, I, I think in order for me to, to continue to thrive in this environment, you have to speak to both audiences. Um, I think the, the, the more traditional sneakerheads know, I understand the history and that I think that's and I think it's important to tell the story of that history. But there's also a different perspective on things in in today's culture. They don't um, see things the way that we do. There is a generation of people um, as we get further and further away from Michael Jordan, people are going to understand the relevance that he had to the culture less and less like he. I, I, I talked about this in the video before Michael Jordan isn't Michael Jordan anymore. Michael Jordan is now 
uh, a brand of sneakers. And he's not the basketball player that a lot of us grew up knowing. They, a lot of people that know Jordan sneakers now don't care what he did on the court. And they still wear his shoes. So he's no longer the, – the greatness that is my Jordan is no longer relevant to the population that's growing up and that's buying shoes now. That, and that's just the reality of it. Hence why Bronny and Bryce were wearing Jordan shoes at LeBron's game when he broke the record. You know, I, I still think they had an argument. I think they had a family argument. They were just trying to stick it to dad. I, <laughs> that's what I just think. A little disagreement. They, did, they, they could have worn the – is it the NXXXT? They could have yeah, worn their like, – yeah. like they helped us. By the way, 20 for the, for the Hoopers out there, man, the 20 might be the, the basketball shoe of the year for me, honestly. Yeah. That, really, between that the, – between the LeBron, uh, Luca, and uh, Melo's MB02, um, but the, the signature shoe space is, is in a good space right now. Yeah, wholeheartedly. This is this has been awesome, Jock. We really appreciate it. Okay, we got to sell a little debate here. I think I know what I'm saying, but I need you to correct me in case I'm wrong. At Cousteau is the handle. Is that correct? Is that how you pronounce it? At Cousteau, yeah, or is it? Perfect. Yeah. All right. We just wanted to make sure. So follow um, Jack on all that. Oh, give us a little tease about voices on PJ uh, Tour YouTube channel and everything. What you got? Oh, yeah. Up uh, and everything. Like, let's hear about that. Yeah. If you haven't already, uh, so I work with the PJ Tour on a show called Voices. This is actually the second season, um, and the the point of the show is really to to speak and hear from different voices in golf that you don't necessarily hear from all the time. Um, it's really sharing the, the shared experience of the world of golf through the eyes uh, of people that aren't necessarily spoken to or listened to when it comes to golf. And um, this year we have uh, a few more episodes coming up. I, I can't, I don't know what order they're coming in, so I don't want to say what gotcha. is going to happen yeah. next. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about it. And, it's a it's a really really cool show, and I think it's really the start um, of something really cool that the PGA Tour is doing and listening to um, the things that are happening outside of the world that they're used to, and allowing that to come in and influence how they look and how they do the things that they do, which I think is super super dope. So it's really exciting. That's great. That's awesome. We are excited to see the rest of them. Now I'm going to go back and find episode. They don't have a playlist <laughs> for all the voices episodes, so I got to go find them all and, and okay, go I'll watch talk them to them. About I'll talk to them about um, that. But you can find Jack Slade on all of his socials at Cousteau on all things sneakers, tech, apparently bacon. This is from your Twitter profile, but um, we're super excited about that. We hope you come join us again. We want to hear your your journey to to scratch or at least single digits on for for golf but this has been super fun um if you want to stay on we're going to do our little sign off here for video a couple uh things we'll play at the end but if you want to stay on after we hit recording we can chat some more that'd be great um but other than that like this has been a swoosh life podcast this has been an awesome one we're super excited um for jock keith gumby matt that's it. Hit him with the hit him with a sign off there, uh, Jock. What's your you, you got your peace sign, right? This so. is swoosh life. We out. Swoosh life. We out. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at the Swoosh Life Podcast to stay up to date on all things swoosh. And if you have any questions, comments, or business inquiries, please email us at the Swoosh Life Podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, give us a follow or review 
and become a supporter of the podcast at anchor.fm backslash the swoosh life backslash support. Thank you all for listening. See you in the next one. Checks over stripes, yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. That's what we like. Yeah.